Whistle, Tales from Azeroth. As always, here at the Pig and Whistle in Stormwind, I chat for a variety of subjects with regards to World of Warcraft. So grab a bottle, a pint, sit back and enjoy. Today's subject is going to be all about unique classic, so the niche side of WoW, almost. It's uh, things that you can find within WoW Classic that are very niche and are sort of out of the game in retail WoW. These can range from many different things on how to make gold and uh, even go as far as to some unusual tanking, which we'll be getting into. But we'll start off with the sort of simpler ones. The niche way, the, a good way to make gold within WoW Classic, a very niche way that I've seen on my server, and I would have thought there's multiple servers that do it, is a taxi service. Now, this taxi service is someone who has four or five level 20 warlocks with a couple of clickers to summon people to a certain place. So they'll advertise like their little summoning service, like want to sell summoning service to Fellwood, Booty Bay, Iron Forge, Scarlet Monastery, and they will have this warlock and two of their clickers logged out outside of the like outside of these places and it'll be in a discreet location uh because of dispellers and sort of people who troll and uh, like dispel world buffs uh, can gank you from there etc so these people will literally just advertise the service in order to summon someone to a certain place and i myself have bought the service in the past because i've just felt lazy one day and didn't want to fly from stormwind to booty bay or something it was definitely down to booty bay i'm not too sure where i was though in all fairness but i bought the service and it's because I was super lazy that day, and it was five gold. Now, five gold isn't that bad. Like, just a one-off payment, I haven't used it since. But this dude's getting five gold every time someone is lazy and can't be bothered to fly and wants to get there instantly. Now, the amount of people that are lazy and want to take the laziest option is staggering, in all honesty, he will be getting about possibly 100 to 200 gold per day. I would have thought that's about the average. Like If he goes through the entire day, I would have thought he actually gets quite a bit of gold off of it. I would have thought the entire day, 8am till 8pm, he would get about 200 gold. And it's quite a unique way of earning your living in WoW because you're passively doing nothing you just have to put a little advert in trade chat, wait for someone to whisper you, and you log on to these three characters, summon them, and you get five gold. And that takes about two minutes. You could be doing stuff in the background. You could be watching YouTube. You could be doing uni work. You could be doing anything at all. And it's a passive sort of income to make gold. And I think it's quite clever. Like, people have like made these characters and leveled these characters to a certain level, the Warlocks anyway, just so that they could get the summoning ritual to summon people there. And I think that's ingenious, to be honest. So, that's a very niche way of making gold. It is a unique aspect to Classic, because with retail, everything's, like, connected by a portal, pretty much. You go to Stormwind, there's portals to every continent. 
there's about a two minute flight, not even that, from where you get your portal to. Like, that's sort of maximum flying time, in all honesty. So there's no need for this journey, almost, in retail. And this is what they're doing. They're cutting that journey time off and getting you there instantly. And again, it's a huge market to sort of open up to because it is everyone who can possibly want a summon. It's not just specific classes. It is absolutely everyone. So I think that's quite an ingenious way and a unique thing that you see in classic that you don't necessarily see in retail. Now, another thing that's quite unique in retail is boosting. So with boosting in re- or what's unique in classic is boosting. Retail on the other hand, you can't necessarily do that. So with boosting, the best thing that you can do with uh, retail well in terms of boosting is possibly it's now out of the game but you would have these experience pots now these experience pots would increase the amount of xp that you gained by 300 for 10 minutes or something so what you would do is you would do all of these world quests in draenor but leave one mob that you have to kill or something so that you don't complete the quest and then what you do is you pop all of these parts, these experience parts, you complete the quest and that will get you up about three levels just from this one quest. And you can do that and there's about, I want to say, three to four like bonus objectives throughout Draenor, like each uh, place within Draenor. So it's quite a lot of like XP gaining. But they've taken that out now with the pre-patch of Shadowlands. So there's no real unique way of boosting your character the fastest it can go. It is just how fast you want to level with dungeons and questing, pretty much. On the other hand, you have Classic. Boosting is mostly a mage-only thing. You can do certain ones with Paladins. Paladins can boost. And I'm pretty sure that's it. I don't think there's any sort of Warlock tech that you can use in order to boost people. Paladins and Mages are the ones that I know of off by heart but you would pay for another service like the taxi service you would pay this mage eight gold usually on my server is the going rate for scarlet monastery or marauding boost they would pull everything with one pull and they would aoe the entire dungeon down and that is your boost you are paying to get that amount of xp from this amount of elites plus whatever drops from them, potentially anyway. Some people reserve that, some mages do. And like it's just not a thing that you would see within retail WoW. It's just people standing around, levelling, without having to do absolutely anything at all. Like, the taxi service is great, but you still have to do a tiny bit, which is log on to all of the characters, summon the guy, get the payment, and then log off. This one, you leave the instant, or you like enter the instance, and you just stand there. You AFK for about 10 minutes, and then he's cleared the entire dungeon, and you just walk out, he resets it, and you walk back in. It's a perfect, well, it's a perfect thing to do to pass the time if you're focusing on another activity. If you're doing uni work, like I said with the taxi service, 
if you're doing uni work, if you're just working from home, like many people are nowadays with the entire pandemic stuff, it's a good way to just power level some alt characters that you have within Classic Well. And I have done it multiple times on like different occasions. Like there's certain level brackets that I really struggle to level through. One of them being level 47 to sort of 54-ish. About that sort of chunk is really tough to find quests, to grind mobs, stuff like that. When you get to that 54, you can go to the Plaguelands, you get a load more quests that you can possibly do. So it really opens it up from them. But boosts are very unique in terms that you need one mage that can do everything for you. And he'll be boosting about four people at the same time whilst you're doing nothing. You're like working on IRL stuff. How to boost is very simple in, well, if you're looking at it from an outsider point of view, you just gather all the mobs up and you AOE them down. It's a lot trickier going through it as a mage, as going through a mage personally, as going through boosting as a mage personally. The first several attempts, you're going to be a bit dodgy. You're going to be sweating. You don't know what to do. You can mess up. You need to know where to reset mobs if you do fuck up. And there is certain talent trees that you need to be in in order to do these boosts. So with so on how to boost, you basically have to aggro everything from the furthest distance that you possibly can. This is sort of a like one minute guide almost. Do not put this in stone and don't quote me on this at all. But you want to... Like, aggro everything from as far away as possible with Arcane Explosion Rank 1. You want to keep running around at the outskirts and stuff. This is sort of a Scarlet Monastery uh, boost in my head. If you get hit by a Frostbolt, you either use your PvP trinket or you blink. Or you can uh, Nova the mobs that are behind you. You can Kona Cold them to slow them down. But blinking is generally the one that you would want to go for. You sort of run all the way around this... It's a big rectangle, Scarlet Monastery. So you're running from the top middle of the rectangle to the top left, down to the bottom left, to the bottom right, to the top right, back round to the top left. And then you're sort of stopping in between the top left and the bottom left and you ice block. Now, this ice block means that all the mobs converge on you and are gathered around this ice block, even caster mobs. For some reason, they stop casting when you're in the ice block and they come to melee you. It's a really strange interaction. I have no idea why. I've always questioned it, but it helps with AoE boost, so I don't really care. But um, after you've got into the ice block and all the mobs are around you, you hop out of the ice block, you uh, frost nova, and then you get to your AoE in spot. And this is usually a cheese spot where you jump to and from certain positions to make the mobs run back and forth. So that they never catch up to you and never hit you. Now, these mobs, when coming out of an ice block, do hit you. There are some that hit you. But if they're all timed perfectly, you could technically get out of an ice block without taking any damage. So they hit you and they have like two seconds until they hit you next. So they hit you and then you cancel your ice block. You jump out and Nova and they haven't hit you. Their swing timer hasn't um, like counted down yet, if that makes sense. So theoretically, you can do this without getting hit. That's a perfect world. 
We don't live in a perfect world, especially right now. But um, you can just die. From getting out of that ice block, I have been killed from just getting out of that ice block and being slapped down by about 80 mobs at a time. And it just happens. You get bursted, nothing you can do about it. You just go again. And again, there is sort of a learning curve to boosting. It does take its time. And uh, you need to know your pathing. You need to know what to do in certain situations. So there's many different attributes to it. And it does make it quite fun, boosting. And like I said, there is a specific talent tree that you can alter a tiny amount. But for the most part, it's that tree, that talent tree, and nothing else. So Now... Another very niche and unique thing in Classic is how people tank. So, with tanking, at the very start of Classic, a massive hyped thing was Fury prop tanking. And this is really weird because Protection Warriors are meant to be the tank of tanks in Classic. In WoW Classic, nothing's meant to surpass them, anything like that. But people picked up on this Fury tanking. Don't know how it works exactly but you're basically full fury or i think it's half and half fury half and half fury and protection so you're getting the damage from your fury talent tree and you're getting the defensive from your protection talent tree this is i think how it works but basically that means you can output a reasonable amount of dps and you're not just spamming sunder armor or something for the most part, to build up aggro, you're actually dealing enough damage to keep aggro yourself, which is quite interesting. Now, this was a massive hype. Everyone figured this out a month or two after Classic's release. But there are very niche tanking styles that you can get into in WoW Classic. Two of them is Warlock tanking and Boomkin tanking. Now... When you look at a Warlock, you don't assume a Warlock is a tank, unless you PvP, in which case they are absolutely tanks, and you just can't kill them as a caster anyway. It's ridiculous. But Warlocks are specifically assigned to tank raid bosses, or a raid boss, in a raid. And I'm not sure who thought of this in like the WoW dev team back in 2005 or something, whenever Uncourage came out. But you need one warrior tank, or bear tank, or whatever tank that you use, on a melee guy, on a melee twin, and you need a warlock to tank the other twin. Now, that's because the warlock casts, or the caster twin, casts Shadow Bolt, and uh, the other twin is just a physical so he'll just hit people with a giant R sword. Now, because tanks don't mitigate like spell damage, this is where a Warlock tank comes into play. Because they have so much shadow resistance and have shadow absorb spells and everything like that, and they have a threat dealing damage spell in Searing Pain, they can hold very good aggro whilst tanking loads of shadow bolts being thrown at them. Which is ridiculous. Now, it seems very strange that a WoW developer went, okay, I want a Warlock tanking this mob, and I want a Warrior tanking this mob, and this is how the fight's going to go out. You have to split these two mobs. They can't get close to each other. It's a very strange concept. 
But Warlock tanking is a thing. And we've even had Warlocks tank Anixia, which is the one boss raid, on phase three. Like, you just move to the north of the room, and a Warlock is just tanking the swipes from this giant arse dragon. And you're sat there wondering how you're tanking this. It's because multiple different things. You can have, like, pet sacrifices. You can have demon armor, which increases, like, certain your armor and everything like that your regen you can have uh, certain talents that spec into like every bit of damage that is dealt to you is dealt to the minion so you have many different things where warlocks are actually considered as tanks in a way and the gear that you need for going back a little bit the gear that you need for twins is very shadow resistant heavy as you can imagine, as he's just casting Shadow Bolts. I believe our Warlocks run something like 220-odd like Shadow Resistance, and that's like nearly unbuffed and stuff, so they really go for it. But the rotation to keep aggro for a Warlock tank is Searing Pain. You just spam Searing Pain, and that's it, in all honesty. So the Warlock tanking, it was meant to be a thing, which is very strange... I don't understand it, but it was meant to be a thing and it was decided by WoW developers early on in the game. Boomkin tanking, on the other hand, is something that people like to experiment with. This is including myself. So what Boomkin tanking is, is you're a druid and you put talents into the balance tree. The balance tree being your... Uh, cast a DPS specialization and boomkin tanking is obviously not used in raids because you can't keep a stable threat really it's used in dungeons where there's some good AOE and some good burst damage so that you can breeze through the packs quickly because longevity wise your boomkin tank is not going to hold aggro but if it's fast-paced and quick kills, then it will be fine. Now, the gear that you need for Boomkin tanking is a bit weird. All druids are weird in terms of what they wear, what they have to wear in certain specialisations. It's all a bit weird, pretty much. But for Boomkin tanking, you're generally looking at half, like, cast a DPS for your spell damage, and you're looking at half tanky leather actual tank gear from dungeons raids whatever you get like off spec like off spec tanking gear now this is because let's take a quick break ever thought modern video games should be more interesting at the gaming blender we take randomized genres mechanics and make a new game every episode i've added permadeath we have a survival game of a hardcore simulation which could be house flipper and with the permadeath of XCOM, then that will have to be an action-adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off? The, <laughs> way, the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out The Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. What Moonkin does and what jumping into bear form does is it increases your armor contribution by 380%. 
and this is where your damage mitigation comes from. It's from your armor. Because many things are melee and are melee hitting in dungeons and raids, you want as much armor to reduce that physical damage taken as possible. That is where the tankier sort of gear comes from when you're wearing the Boomkin tank set. Whereas where the damage and the caster DPS, like half of the Boomkin tank set comes from, is your initial opening on a mob pack would be a Starfire on the main, sort on the biggest like threat target that you want. And then you would LOS them, Bark Skin, so that you don't get interrupted and cast a Hurricane. Now Hurricane is an AoE ability, so you're getting a lot of AoE damage on this pack. Now I'm doing this from the point of Strathon where there's multiple packs or multiple uh, mobs within every pack. There's about six, seven, or like there's like two minimum, and then it can go up to possibly eight like mobs in a one pack. So you've got a good AOE lead on everything. So that means that mages can hop in, do that arcane explosion. You've got warlocks jumping in, doing their hellfire, their rain of fire, stuff like that. So any good spell cleave comp actually goes well with a boomkin tank, believe it or not. Paladins are great as well for like spell cleave comps, just saying. But your rotation is your star firing, you're sort of pulling them around a corner, your barkskin hurricane, and then you hop into bear form and tank the rest of the hits because you've got the taunt ready. So, again, this is a very unique and niche way of tanking that no one ever thought of back in the day. It might have been toyed around with, like, at the very start of WoW, like, WoW Vanilla, but it was never a, like, looked-into thing because, in all honesty, people were bad at the game back then. Like, some people were the best of the best, and some people picked up really quick, but from the skill level that people were back in 2004, it's substantially increased in the current day and age that we are, because gaming is such a big part of most people's lives. You can't go anywhere without sort of seeing a video game, seeing an advert for a video game, playing a game yourself, or whether it be anything small as like Candy Crush on your phone to something as big as WoW that's been out for 16 years. So the Boomkin tank was never really experimented with back then, but many people have picked it up, like myself as well, and tried it out and given it a try. And it is good fun because people breeze are breezing through classic dungeons, in all honesty. This gives it the hint, the element of, like, there's a sort of curveball in there. Like, it might not be the tank and hold aggro, so it might be a bit more challenging for the healer, stuff like that. DPS might need to be a bit more careful. It's a real challenge for the Boomkin tank just to keep aggro. And it, real, and it really puts that challenge, like, into the dungeon. And it's kind of like Mythic Plus in retail. Like, you can just keep going up in Mythic Plus, which is difficulty... Or you can experiment and make these own sort of difficulty, like yourself, like these difficult handicaps in dungeons yourself, which is a really fun way of playing the game, in all fairness. Another niche side to WoW Classic compared to retail is certainly the dungeon levelling. And levelling as a whole, in all fairness, 
This is from the point of view of a mage again, because I know it personally as a mage. But AoE leveling specifically, we're looking at. But AoE, AoE is what we're specifically looking at. I lost my words there for a second. Don't know if you could tell. But we're going to delve deeper into the AoE leveling as a mage and look at more dungeon leveling as a mage. Dungeon AoE leveling, if you want to be super, super specific. Now, you can't hop into a dungeon on retail and solo it. You just can't unless you're a, a full-blown twink and it, you want to show off like all your enchants that you've gotten on your like level one machete, pretty much. Dungeon leveling is like solo dungeon AOE leveling is not a thing in retail. It would never be a thing anymore because it would just be nerfed to the ground. It would be not allowed because it would be seen as an unfair advantage for the mage class or whichever class can do it. Hopping into a dungeon as a mage, a certain dungeons as a mage, you can AOE farm all of the elites that you pull. Now, by all of the elites that you pull, I mean specific elites where people have found cheese strats to make them run back and forth the mobs so that you, again, don't get hit by any of the mobs that are running and after you. So... This gives you a massive edge because if you are managing to AoE these 40 odd mobs as a solo mage at your current level, you'll be getting triple, quadruple the amount of XP from that mob that you would have gotten from a normal mob out in the world, which means that 80, some, let's say 50 kills equals 200 kills out in the world. So it's a massive difference when you look at it like that, because it is how you speed run leveling, almost. You get to you either boost, get boosted, or you go in AOE your by yourself. And this is how you sort of speed run your leveling experience in WoW Classic. Again, this is so unique that I myself haven't done it. Many mages that I know haven't done it when levelling, but some do just go into dungeons by themselves, Zulfarak being the biggest culprit here, and they will just AoE the zombie packs that come out of the graves. And you can do this five times every hour because of instance lockout, and this will get you up easily a level, like within them five runs. A level and a half possibly, depending on if you're rested XP, stuff like that. One to two levels, you're pretty much guaranteed, like every hour, if you're doing it flawlessly, that is. There are some like hiccups that you can come across, but you know, you get to them when you get to them. But there's so many niche things within WoW Classic that have been taken out and sort of is pruned the right word? Like doled down in retail, you can't do them at all or you can't do them as well, you can't do it as much. They might still be there, but it's not as effective, stuff like that. So, Wild Classic is just a completely different game because of these niche, like, things that happen within it. Like, retail, everyone's just doing their own thing, going through each portal, because it's all there, it's all convenient. Whereas, if you want a taxi service to Booty Bay, if this dude's selling, you're getting it. If he's not there, then unfortunately you're running. 
it's a very it makes the game these small unique things in classic and that's why people love the game and uh, that is compared so differently to retail pretty much but that's all i've got time for this week thank you again very much for listening it is very appreciated i do wish to point you to our patreon once again it's if you just want to show a little bit more if you just want to be generous to the channel you can go and check it out and donate any donations would be greatly appreciated it's not like you're signing up for a year you can like unsubscribe almost from the, the patreon whenever you like it's not a contractual contractual i can't say that word you don't have a contract with the patreon and uh, i do want to stress again all of these podcasts will be free whether you're a patreon member or not if you do go and uh, give to the patreon page you'll get certain benefits regarding your donation such as multiple podcasts or extra podcasts and exclusive content on discord and stuff like that and if you want to check it out it's www.patreon.com forward slash pig and whistle i do want you to go and check out the new website again it is still brand new to us it's been up for a couple weeks now possibly honestly it's flown by a couple weeks but the link of the website will be down in the description below please check it out so much work was put onto it and i think you would really enjoy it as much as i do thank you all again very much for watching watching listening as always it is very appreciated go with valor friend goodbye all.